Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever and wherever you are. On this week's episode of Greetings From, we discuss the Red Strings Club, a cyberpunk narrative game created by the Deconstruct team. Fair warning, we do discuss all things about this game, so it is a spoiler episode. If you have not played this game, or do not wish to be spoiled in any way, shape, or form, this is not the episode to listen to. That said, we hope you enjoy our thoughts on this excellent game. travelers it is may 12th 2019 and this is the greetings from podcast my name is rebecca fay and i am joined as always by my two very good friends first all these moments will be lost in time like tears in the rain won't they miss olivia quinn i don't even know what's going on right now i've lost all of my moments i'm just trying to get through it right now in this yeah. hellish dystopian world what's up i'm here for a podcast <laughs> I, I, I do feel like we tend to start each podcast being like, life is awful and miserable. Let's talk about video games. I feel like, okay, yeah. I need to get this out here because I keep thinking about it. Every time I do the intro, uh-huh. I'm like, man, I'm so awkward. And then you and Tyler kill it. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so just go okay, ahead and kill well, it, all right? Thanks. We can move um, on now. <laughs> I, I'm like afraid I'm not going to kill it because obviously within cells interlinked, it's Mr. Tyler Smith. Does, do you get that reference? Can I make that reference on this podcast? Uh... Is that a hacker? Finally. Reference? <laughs> Finally, it happened. <laughs> Olivia wins this one. I was going to be all like, I'm in the mainframe hacking in to this podcast, but I don't know what that reference was. Oh, I'm just, I just decided two seconds ago to do quotes from Blade Runners. Oh, okay, got just, it. They're just Blade Runner quotes. Sorry. Thanks for humoring me. This has been the Greetings from Podcast. My name is Rebecca Fe- Um, All right. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to add another episode in our great spoiler cast lexicon, of which there has only been one before this one, but it's fine. We're working on it. Um, We all played a game called the Red Strings Club, didn't we? Sure did. Yeah. I made some drinks. Did you? They were good. In real life or in the game or both? Uh, Uh, Oh, damn. In the game. I mean, I wish I could have been making them. I'm terrible at making drinks, so I felt really accomplished being able to do it in the game. Like, I was like, wow, I'm a really good bartender. I wish I had been making drinks as I was making drinks in this game. That would have been awesome. I didn't think of it. While wearing a headset playing the game. That would have been the ultimate cyberpunk. Honestly, yes. I hope that's... uh, What's the studio who created this game? Wow, I can't even remember their name. Oh, the construct team. Yes, I hope that that is their next goal with this game is to make it VR, or something, or even if it's just literally. A, I'm sure there's already a bartender VR game, but like, just let's just do Red Strings Club. Is there? You know what I really want now that we're on this conversation chain? I do. You remember how like right when you know Guitar Hero was really popular and Rock Band was really popular, they came out with like DJ Hero, and it was like turntables. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want that, I but like bartending. You have a shaker. And a VR headset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I saw a game on Giant Bomb where you're in a VR headset and you make drinks and it's super like poorly constructed. Like it's just a very oh, nice. shitty like 3D like drink simulator and it's bad. <laughs> it's like it's Octodad. Like, yeah, but it's like worse. Like it's all like, you know, I don't like throwing away the, like the term like a, f- a skin. What is, I guess I don't even know. Like, where you're like a re-skin? A- asset flip or whatever. But that's what it oh, felt sure. like. Like they just downloaded a bunch of assets from the Unity store and they're like, finally, we can make our beautiful drink game and it just barely <laughs> functions. <laughs> Aww. I, I, I don't like this time, game, which is good. 
Well, yeah. So did you guys play? I played this on the Switch. Did, did you all play it on the Switch or were you all playing it on the old PC machine? I, I played it on the Switch as well. I started it on the PC and then uh, Twitch, the Twitch app decided to take a giant shit and lose all my games for some reason. So oh. I had to switch oh. over the last what? minute. Yeah. Oh. So Wait, so did you have to play through it more than once? I played through the first like hour of it more than once. <laughs> okay. Oh. Great. That I'm sure oh, you I'm... have a lot to, <laughs> to think yeah, about. Yeah, I'd one. like to hear what your two different experiences were for that first hour. I played on the PC. I played okay. through Twitch. My Twitch library did not delete itself into the mainframe. Tyler or... keeps one up on me here. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> it's, um, it's okay. And I didn't know it was on the Switch. I kind of wish I had played on the Switch because I feel like this is more of a uh, controller or you know console game than it is a PC game. Because um, let me tell you, mixing drinks is a little difficult with your really because it was it was not that easy with joysticks either. Oh, I played it on the Switch okay. and I was like, "Am I just dumb or?" Is oh my. This- I thought- That's how I felt. <laughs> okay. I'm so thankful you guys... Okay, can I ask, whenever you guys sent the shaker glass to actually make the drink, were you holding down the key? Like, <laughs> yes. And you just kept spilling it everywhere? Because that's what happened to me. Is yes. I, was like, I, I really stopped yes. shaking this thing. I'm just throwing my drink everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while to figure out, like, you click on it and you release the button to hold it, and then you like can just shake it all the way the fuck you want. But if you hold the click button down, then it registers as, like, oh, you're going to pour it. And, Yeah. It took me, like, literally my third try doing that, and I was like, oh, that's what's going on. Since we're on this train of, like, not knowing things, or, like, missing things that Uh are critically obvious, how long did it take you guys to put together that the drink labels, like, corresponded to the directions? Um, I think I was on my second person. Oh my god. (laughs) I got through, like, seven people. I got through, like, nearly everyone before I put that together. Oh, really? (laughs) Oh my god. I was I just thought, like, well, I mean, it was so bad. You, I was like trying to rearrange my drinks, be like, okay, the brown one goes down, or no, wait, that's the vodka, and just trying to put it all together. <laughs> it, 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 like, and I played through the first part like twice on both systems, so I'm just bad at this, y'all. Oh, bad man. bartender. It, so it wasn't very obvious. It wasn't very obvious, to be fair. I think I only got it because I'll just say like, oh, I went to graphic design school, and I know what graphic design is, and design. <laughs> Um, so like I, I just got on everybody right now. Yeah. I'm like okay, 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 okay. So listen, I didn't figure it out. Here's how I figured it out. I looked at the green and yellow bottles. It was specifically the green bottle. It was the first one. I was like, oh, the green is going left. And then I was like, oh my god. And and the brown bottle, which is bourbon. I wish first of all it would fucking say tequila, bourbon, vodka, or absinthe. Um, mm-hmm. on these things and not like you had to figure out yourself a little confusing on on that part but I figured it out and then that was like the first the first one was the absinthe bottle that, that's green that's pointing the arrow to the left and I was like okay this is cool the most like abstract one is the vodka which is the down arrow because the tequila which is yellow goes to your right and the bourbon which is the brown bottle points up like it distinctly has an arrow pointing up but the vodka is an upside down triangle that isn't a triangle it's like a guitar pick and like mm-hmm. that's the most confusing uh, like design in a sense that you can't register that oh it's an actual arrow you know like because everything else it they're like arrows but that one wasn't thank um, you for defending my 
oversight and the inability to use context clues. I really appreciate it. (laughs) It, let me tell you, okay, like it, it took me by surprise as well. And I was like, wow, that's really smart. I can't believe I got that because I was completely blown. Like, I didn't know what the fuck, which ones to do it with. And I was just like doing random things. And I thought I was so awful at the game. And I was like, ugh. And then the quizzes happened afterwards. And I was like, I don't know fucking shit. Anyway. Can, can I ask how many like secret? I know we're I know we're off track here, but I'm just really interested. How many secret emotions did you guys get, if any? Zero. Zero? Because I didn't get any until uh, I for the got- guide. I got a couple by accident. Like I got the, I, I sort of accidentally stumbled into the pink tequila thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had so no I'm idea really, that I'm existed. Re- I mean, like I knew, yeah. I knew it existed, but I didn't know that it was a thing that I could actually do. I thought it was just like flavor in the game. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I. So I'm interested once we get into it to to hear how that particular interrogation went down because. I'm not clear if that guy just told me everything because I gave him pink tequila <laughs> or that's just what he does. Cause okay, that was let's so get into weird. it. Cause I, I, I like that, that guy. That guy's a good conversation like to have, I yeah. think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess we should set the stage a, a little bit. Um, I know we mentioned already that this was a game done by deconstruct team. The, their game before this one was a game called gods. We'll be watching. Did either, either of you play that one? Uh, I have not a chance I, to look at it. I don't. I have not played it. Okay. Um, I played a little. It's very similar to this in visual style. It's weird because it's like I don't. It's like a group of people who are. I don't know. This is gonna. Please don't send in a correction email if I'm really wrong about this because I'm really hazy on it. But it's like a group of people who are stuck together and like you have to make decisions to try to get through it and people die a lot and it's it just is kind of a feel bad experience anyway um yeah so i i was excited about this game (laughs) because people kind of i think came out of gods will be watching and were like "Uh uh-huh um and then this came out and i it seemed like it got a lot of really good press and i thought it had a really good showing i know it was my uh salutation a couple of weeks ago and so like yeah that first couple hours is really really powerful i think um so another thing i I think is also worth mentioning too is that this is a this is a cyberpunk game and we're in a zone where cyberpunk is cool now i guess because the witcher people are making the game about it and you know um i also thought it was weird i have not played valhalla the cyberpunk bartender simulator olivia have you played it is it similar to this game because I didn't really realize that cyberpunk bartender was a genre. I've only played a few minutes of it, but I do think the okay. like the actual act of making drinks is similar. I think it's a little more complex in Valhalla. And so I actually okay. was kind of expecting that from this game. And like the minimalism of making drinks in uh, Red Strings Club was kind of surprising to me. To be like, oh, these are mm. your mechanics. And like, until you get the uh, shaker glass, it's like, well, I'm kind of just trying to pour things in as best I can, which I thought was... You know, interesting, but also a little surprising because I was just like, well, I'm on this Switch controller, which I already have problems with because my I think my left joystick's broken and oh, fuck, my drinks got poured over. Well, OK, I'll restart. <laughs> I, I do have to say, I like that nobody in the universe was upset. Like, I like that you could pour the drink out to start and over again. Like, uh... Right. But you were just sort of like throwing it into the air <laughs> like 
there it is. I'm just going to pour it on my shoes. I kept <laughs> waiting for the moment where they would be like, okay, now make these drinks, but they have to be done in a second. Like, that was what I kept fearing would happen. And I'm so happy <laughs> they didn't go that direction because it would have made that whole game a lot worse, in my opinion. That feels yeah. like it would have been a Lucas Pope design where, like, you have a limited fucking amount of time to make this goddamn drink. And if you don't, like, the patron gets upset and leaves. If Lucas Pope was involved in this video game, that's the kind of mechanic he would implement. And it would stretch you the fuck out. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I could see that. Um, or it would be like, here's a shelf of 900 alcohols to choose from, and here and is an emotion. Figure <laughs> Please figure that out. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, one thing so, I think is interesting, and like, if we if we compare this to other cyberpunk games or other just like cyberpunk as a genre, where it's uh-huh. you know oppressive corporations and everything shitty, and mm-hmm. like the um, the protagonist is usually like a gruff, like silent silent or relatively silent man who's kind of just like navigating it ostensibly like a straight man um Mm -hmm. yeah it's Mm -hmm. it's really nice to see how these characters in this game are facing like oblivion with an almost joyful maybe like nonchalant feeling to them which i think is cool Mm -hmm. like i'm glad that it's not like oh apocalyptic and i'm just gonna be a gruff dude like i'm playing observer right now i really like observer but like the character's detachment sometimes is a little um disconcert it's like it doesn't f- connect with my personal feelings about how the world works so i wanted to know if you guys yeah. felt any kind of connection like tonally to these characters compared to other cyberpunk games uh yeah you go ahead. cyberpunk is pretty bleak you know what i mean like it's the high-tech low life everybody's miserable mm-hmm. all the time and it was nice seeing like a level of joy you know what i mean from the characters and like someone like donovan the bartender who's like super into what he does and like thinks he's really fucking badass <laughs> and is totally open about that and will like tell you to your face that he feels that way um plus just the fact that there was kind of more of a a queering of the narrative you know what i mean there was a lot more diverse characters too and so it wasn't just like yes me straight man fall in love with pretty robot girl which is all of them. Right. Right. <laughs> I also, I, I feel like, you know, the queer element is important because I feel like, you know, marginalized people in general already have like, you know, mental health health issues or just issues like kind of getting through the day sometimes. And I think yeah. that this game embraces that. Like I think a lot about the the scene with the, the funeral where they're all kind of passing on the um, like gifts from the person who died. And they're just kind of like, right. all right, this is good. We're just going to keep moving forward though because that's all we can really do. And that felt like a queer like a positive queer narrative even in the face of diversity so yeah that was nice <sighs> so here we are uh with this cyberpunk bartending game uh we have a big bad corporation super Con- supercontinent limited right mm-hmm. um and essentially we find out very early on that they as part of their like mass network of you know implants and neural implants and these things that are helping people become better people or becoming transhuman or becoming, you know, liked or, you know, able to cope with, with different aspects of reality. They are have created this basic system that's going to uh, change the way that everybody feels. Um, it's going to control it. It's going to make people happy, right? That's kind of the most bottom line of information that we get. And so uh, we're introduced to Donovan, the bartender, and... <coughs> okay, so nobody's character name was said out loud. Brandis? Brandeis? Mm-hmm. Brand, yes, sure. Him. I don't. Brandwa. Um, <laughs> so these, these two characters, one of whom is an information broker, and the other of whom is like a, a revolutionary. Um, 
And, you know, through some very tropey cyberpunk exploring the past by ways of neural networking, um, we find out all this information and we, we have a new robot friend and, and this is kind of where the game sort of picks up, right? Correct. So, talk to me about the first moments for you guys. Because, you know, we get a lot of story right in the beginning. We start at the end, so we see Brandis falling from the uh the supercontinent building and being like well i guess this is how i'm gonna die um before we roll back into the into the past and kind of see you know start to see how he got to that point um and the first mini game that we're really set with is the mini game of what was her name akara i think akara 184 yeah so akara um at a pottery wheel making implants to put into people um to make them happy or content or whatever so um or gain more that? followers on twitter yes <laughs> yeah the, this game was was very like it like i think at one point a character was like i haven't logged into my steam account in years um did, did, it was did, it was very self-aware did that game like did it control okay just speaking purely mechanically did you guys feel like yeah. you had a decent time kind of like uh what's the proper term here lathing using the lathe to create these implants. Cause I, I honestly got stuck on this both on the PC and on the switch, just trying to like make it work correctly. And I'm wondering um, if I'm the only uh, one about that issue. I definitely at first did not know what I was doing. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me that I have to carve this precisely? And then I don't know why, but like on the third one, it just clicked with me mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, okay, it's not actually as hard as I think it is. And like it doesn't have to be as precise, but it still has to be kind of precise. It was it was weird figuring out which tool that you had to use, and you had to figure out where to use it on the shape to make specific shapes. And it was I will say it's actually pretty difficult at first when you're just like I don't know what the I don't know how the fuck to make this shape. Even when the shapes at first are not that, you know, complex. I think the most complex one was like the hero font or something. I don't know. I don't Yeah, these clay shapes, augment shapes have the weirdest names. Um but I I got at the very I got it like maybe on my like I said, on my third one, I it kinda like clicked and I was like, Oh, okay, these are what these tools do and this is how I can do it because it took me the first two took me like forever to get it perfectly because I wasn't using the correct tools and I was like trying to MacGyver it with just <laughs> with the incorrect tool. But uh, Rebecca, did you find trouble doing these or? You know, I I thought it was fine on the Switch. I I took it took me a little while to figure out the the different um, I guess like chisel tips. Um, because I, I started off doing like the first one or two with just one, not really realizing that it was meant to be like, hey, this shape is for this tool and this shape is for that tool, etc. So, um, but I, I don't know. I found on the Switch, I thought it was okay. I did appreciate that they didn't make you do too many of those because I did kind of start to think to myself, like, I don't, is this the whole game? Like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> I- I'm glad um, you had that same thought because I was playing it. I'm like, man, I, I hope this is just like one small mini game because I was like, it's kind of like introspective and fun. But I like we start with this like narrative momentum that immediately gets lost by doing the lathing. And I'm just like, oh, gosh, right. let's get to this. Let's do some work here. Yeah, it, it definitely was. I'm guessing really supposed to be. I mean, it's a it's a narrative set piece, obviously, because it introduces 
Eridian. Yeah, I was going to say, that, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Yeah, it, it, well, it introduces her and sort of her mission, the Proxima people, um, it introduces Akara, it introduces kind of what Supercontinent's bread and butter was, you know what I mean? So, like, it's mm-hmm. good for that reason. Um, and, I, and I don't know. I, I feel guess... like she could have come a lot sooner uh, than, you know, what was going on. So... Because you do two rounds on the lathe, don't you? Well, yeah. Because it's like mm-hmm. you put in a, an implant. It's like somebody says, I have a problem. You put in an implant and then they come back and they're like, okay, that was good. But now I have this other problem. And then you have to create right. a new implant. So you go through like 12. Secondary issue. Yeah, you go through like 12 people. So you go through three people and then they come back around again. And then you go into the CEOs and... uh I think actually you go through the CEOs once. So maybe nine people, excuse me. And then the, the last person is Ari. I'm just calling her Ari. It's Ari. And she like comes to life when you try to put an implant in her. Um, and like that starts the whole story. So. Yeah. Um, so I, that's kind of a, a little bit of a brief intro to the thing and then you end up spending the most amount of time actually with donovan (laughs) until the end i guess yes um so i know that we spent some time talking about the bartending minigame it was a little obtuse right um one thing that i thought was very cool was the act of interrogating people based on how you make them feel um how was that for you both like did you find that that worked did you find that you struggled with it did you find that you had trouble getting answers out of people i felt like i did really well but then i was also kind of suspicious of like can you do bad so i know tyler you were saying that you felt like you had trouble with it mm-hmm. but like what does yeah, that I mean did. in this universe i don't understand <laughs> like I, i'm interested to hear like what your experience was like to know yeah how those um, outcomes so, really mean, worked so it you know <sighs> So we kind of talked about it a little bit, but making the drinks is difficult at first, you know. So through that, through that tutorial, I think your first person, you're, you're like kind of interrogating whatever just is is Brandis. Um, and mixing the drink and mixing the drink and like hitting the emotion wasn't difficult. Like in the grand scheme of things, doing mixing the drinks and everything wasn't that difficult. But then it was the difficult part was getting that emotion and then like or choosing which emotion to go for first and then once you've chosen that emotion then asking questions that you need to get the answers to while having that emotion because some emotions uh or some questions i'm sorry if you ask them and you don't have the right emotion if the person's not in the right mood they won't answer it or like they they will they'll answer it but you won't get an answer from it because you have the little pocketbook um, where you have like objectives saying like, oh, who is supercontinent? Who is a CEO? Who, what is, um, memory, neural augmentation? What is whatever, you know, you have these questions that you have, you're trying to answer while interrogating these people. And if you give them the right drink or give them the wrong drink and then ask the wrong question, you won't get the answers to the questions that you need. So I think, I don't, I think that there was 12 or 10 questions i only got like four i only answered four and then the story oh, so you, progressed you can get to the end of the game and not have the official answers to everything yes and so that oh. final sequence that we have 
which we'll go into depth through later. But like that one, I had to do a lot of legwork because I didn't have a lot of answers. Um, so it was just, you know, it, so doing that was difficult. And then on top of that, to compound on like my failure that I just had with this person, then uh, Akira came in and was like, I'm going to make a game and I'm going to quiz you on what you think that person is like personally or what their goals and hopes and dreams and desires are. And I'm like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Quiz me. 10 questions. Here we go. And I literally got like four out of 10 every time. <laughs> I'm just oh. like, oh, okay. Uh, oh. I think I, I think I did it. I won once because it's the first fucking quiz. And she's like, uh, well, this is the first quiz. So I'll let you do it again. And like, even though I failed the second time, she was like, um, well, this is the first quiz, so I'll let you go again. So I like, I literally did that qu- that quiz like eight times the first time. Oh god! And I got, I got the. Bl- I no, that's what I'm saying is like I was like awful. I was like, how the fuck am I not getting this? And I was like, I'm not gonna look this up because I got four out of ten, and then I got six out of ten, and then I got back down to five out of ten, and it was like, okay, <laughs> I finally got seven oh, out of ten, and I was like, okay, I passed. Give me the fucking blue pill, which God. For people who don't know, the blue pill is like a memory reset thing where like if I do fuck up on a question, it'll wipe their minds and like I can then retry the process. But I actually never ended up using the blue pill. So, <laughs> I, but yes. I, I never used the blue pill either on like the times that I earned it. But I had a very different experience from you. And I, I thought I was kind of just cheesing my way through it. Um, I, I finished the game with like nine out of the ten like objectives that Dominic, Dominic is, I believe is his name that he's trying to accomplish. Um, Don, Donovan. Oh, yeah. Donovan. Donovan. Sorry, my mistake mm-hmm. there. That's okay. Um, and like, I was kind of just choosing, like, so throughout the game, I was like, what's the most positive emotion I can elicit from these people? And that generally worked yeah. for me. Except, except for one time I was like, maybe I gotta like switch it up a little bit. And then I chose like the depression or question for the second one or the anxiety. I can't remember the exact emotion name, but for the second person, mm-hmm. I chose that. And then she kind of like started recoiling and being like, well, I don't want to tell you anything. And I was like, Oh fuck, I got to go back to positive emotions. And like, just kind of playing it that way seemed pretty straightforward and simple for me, which was, I, I didn't realize you could do that poorly in it, which is pretty intense. Yeah. How did you do Rebecca? I did. I did uh, really well, actually <laughs> like kind of really well. Bartender Sorry. over uh, here. I didn't quite get at first the idea that you should switch drinks. So it always prompts you once you ask a question to like serve another drink instead of sort of prying further. Um, And so for the first two, well, the first, well, the first one, at least um, Diana, I think was her name. um, Yes. The engineer that worked at a a super continent. Um, With her, I just picked an emotion and just asked her all the questions. And then that was it. And then once it got more to like, like I spent a lot of time with Naima the lawyer, like using the sort of amnesia thing on her and like trying different drinks on her. And that ended up turning into a really long, complex sequence where she gives you a lot of information. Oh, damn, really? Like, she... Yeah. So like she's the one that told you or told me about giving pink tequila to uh, was his name? Edgar, not Edgar. Ethan. Edgar, I want to call him Ethan. Um, to Edgar because he got like really crunk at a Christmas party for Supercontinent on pink tequila. So like, oh yeah, just give him that if you ever want him to go hog wild. Um, so like that kind of stuff was really cool, and it and I I was able to sort of sit and play it as like a real strategic game, and I really liked that. 
Um, and to be honest, the Akara quiz afterward was my favorite part of the game um, because it was so unexpected. So when she came in and was like, human, learn by play. Let me ask you a series of 10 questions. I just thought like, oh, shit, it's going to be like reading comprehension. And then it was like, is this person attracted to you? What is this person afraid of? And then I was like, oh, shit, like, would this person commit murder would this person commit murder for their company? You know what I mean? Like, I thought it posited a lot of really interesting questions that yes. forced you to really read into conversations in a way that I thought was interesting and meaningful. Although the one thing I will say um, is that I'm not sure how they were graded. Like, I'm not sure how they were graded because there are instances where um, Akara asks you ethical questions that I don't know if they can have a right or wrong answer. Um like you have an, an instance where you talk to um, this woman who is in the marketing department for Supercontinent. Yeah, Larissa. And so she, uh, Akara says to you, is marketing inherently evil? And then you can say like, yes, or no, it can be done ethically and here's how, or, you know, n like, no, it's perfectly fine. You can market. People have to make up their own minds. And so for a question like that, like, is there a wrong answer? Is Akara yeah. saying there's a wrong answer? You know what I mean? So like, there was a couple instances where I was not sure because I never got a perfect score on one of those, but I passed all of them. So I know that I got some answers wrong, but it's like, did I pick a wrong moral question? So I don't know. I'll tell you this since I looked up the answer because I got so frustrated with this. <laughs> yes. um, like this is after the game. Like I totally played all the way through without looking up any spoilers for it. Then after the game, I was like, what the fuck were those class questions? Because I loved, I loved the quizzes. I loved how, like you just said, Akira like totally did a deep dive on what just happened and like asked you some really deep questions about um, society and like the bigger grand scheme of things and like just human psyche in general. Um, but yeah. the, the, so she'll ask nine questions about the patron and usually it pertains like, let's say, let's take Larissa cause she's my favorite person. Um, but the, the marketing director, um, you know, she asks some questions about marketing and about Larissa and if she like, what's Larissa's greatest passion, you know, and you're like, well, she likes marketing. Um, the last question, the 10th question that Akira asks in any quiz, it's always like, there's no right answer. There's, it literally is question 10 oh. is there's no option. So you get one question, right. They just count it as right. Um, okay. automatically. So, like, so at the that, very worst... that question was always the moral one, right? Yeah, that's always the moral one, because yeah, okay. there's no right or wrong answer. Because what happens is those those questions are... And we're kind of, like, getting deeper into the spoilers here, but, I mean, uh, those questions are uh, Akira's way of viewing the world if she were to reshape it using the... I, what is it called? MNA? Um it yeah, there was that, and then there was SPW, which was the SPW the warfare, right? So if you know, because there's a point in the game where Donovan's like Akira, if things go to shit, like if you had a chance to like reshape the world, you know, this is how you should do it. Or she's she's asking Donovan, like if you had a chance to reshape the world, like how would you do it? And so those those uh, questions at the end, question ten, those are shaping Akira's like influence on the world. So like if she were to if, if if SPW gets away from everyone and becomes this huge evil thing, she could, like, shut it down and, like, remake it in Donovan's image. Um, so whatever you answer is supposedly what the world goes on to be or what SPW goes on to be. So, like, there's no, like, real right or wrong answer with those. But anyway, um, you can continue. 
So that, I think, brings up a really interesting point, and I, and I kind of figured we would end up spending a lot of our time bouncing around and, and talking about themes and the way that they were portrayed, but I think that is something that I've struggled with walking away from the game, something that I, I don't know if I liked about it, was the fact that I feel like it did not provide a lot of opportunity to be morally gray. You know what I mean? So it kind of gave you the option to sort of pick a bunch of things and say... You know, um, like Tyler, in the the example that you were giving about how, you know, you can say to Akara, like, hey, this is what my dream MNE thing would be. And you can say, like, you know, people shouldn't rape, people shouldn't kill, people shouldn't commit suicide, or they should, or they should, you know, whatever. Right. Um, It still feels very reductive in a way. And then I feel like that sort of compounded with the ending of, I mean, and this is obviously the spoiler, but of her coming out and being like, haha, it was me all along was just like, oh, okay, that's it then, I guess. Um, right. And I don't know. I guess I was expecting it to to make less strict judgments. You know what I mean? Because even at the end, Akara parrots back to you like, well, Donovan said that he would do this and he would do this and he would do this. And so I'm going to go with that for 10 years and figure out if that's utopia. Right. Goodbye. Like, what? I don't know. Uh, I know, Olivia, that you mentioned feeling kind of weird about it. Yeah, it seems like Akara makes some logical leaps. And I I guess one of the questions I was left with was like, okay, Akara is this like, you know, connected AI. But like, why, you know, why is Donovan so like, why is his opinion so important? And like, it seems like Akara's, you know, perspective is like a little controlling and maybe like an evil AI. It just seems like the actual intent of the AI seems strange to me. Like it didn't make a whole lot of logical sense. And then some of the questions right. presented, like you said, where it's like things that I would think are intrinsically bad, you know, like when we're talking about rape or murder or suicide, you know, with some caveats like in there, like, I don't, I think generally we would all count those as societal bads, you know, or like depression, long-term right. clinical depression. I was expecting more questions like similar to what the marketing question was, where it's like, Hey, is marketing ethical? Like, hey, is capitalism ethical? Like, is it ethical for a mega corporation to own, like, the entire world? Which is kind of the situation we're dealing with in this game. And right. I, yeah. I guess I just kind of wondered, like, why that wasn't tackled, you know? And I, I wonder who the audience in mind for this game is, because I feel like things like depression and anxiety, at least in the circles that I hang out with, like, you know, there's a more nuanced conversation that can happen around that stuff. Besides just being like, right. well, would you get rid of it or would you keep it? What are you going to do? Are you a bad person or are you going to, like, be controlling? Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And like, what does it mean to feel like what is a mo- that, like it asks a lot of questions about like, what is happiness really? And, you know, I think so. OK, so somebody please explain this part to me. So after so in the end, um, when you're playing as Brandis and you've done cold calls to everybody who works at Supercontinent, because that I don't even know, because that was a very weird depiction of how corporations work is just executives calling each other mm-hmm. in the middle of the night about whatever um but barring all that once you you know you have this like you do all these things you have this fail safe up and you're gonna like unleash it on the world and we're gonna end spe forever etc etc and then radica the ceo calls you and is like hey i've been watching you i really you should don't think you should do that because actually it's been out there for weeks and did you not notice that you're the best version of yourself because I took away oh, all your whoa. fear and your anxiety and wait, so so we have to talk about this because what I chose at the end did there she, did she not call you and tell you that because I was no. confused. So by that. she called me. Oh shit! 
And Donovan's like, don't pick. So, you know, spo- again, spoilers for all this, but Donovan call Donovan, the phone rings and, and Boris is Boris. Um, Brandis. <laughs> I'm going to rename everybody this in this. Boris. Brandis, Brandis or Brandice <laughs> is now Boris. Um, anyway, so Brandis <laughs> is like, oh, I'm going to answer that phone. Like, I want to see who it is. And it's like your decision as a player to answer the phone or not. Uh, Donovan's like, don't answer it. Anyway, so I answered it. And it's it's Radica, who's this thirteen year old girl running a CEO, uh, who is like kind of half your mission also to find out who the fuck she is, and like you, she supposedly killed the previous CEO of the company, and blah blah blah. It's cyberpunk dystopia world. Um, and she she talks to me, and she's like, "Hey, I don't think you should be. I want you to listen to me." And I'm like, "Hang up." And I'm like, "No, bitch. I'm that's nice, but I'm gonna hang up right now." And she's like, "No, you Did don't." You ha- and like, I hung up on her, and then like I installed oh the thing, God. and then like <laughs> everything shut down. So I don't know. I didn't listen to to Radica's okay. story, so I would love to hear what she says to you. Yeah. So if you choose to pick up the phone and continue to talk to her, she basically explains and tells you that SPE has already been live for weeks. And that essentially the fact that you were able to do all this stuff and get to the point that you were at is because of the fact that your any kind of anxiety and fear had been suppressed. I see. So like and anger and all of that had been suppressed this whole time. Um, And Radhika tries to explain to you that she feels like SPE is not about controlling how people feel, but it's controlling people's reactions based on fear. Because she believes that fear is the motivation for, like, hate crimes and genocide and, like, horrific things in the environment and, like, you know, how we could possibly progress as a society if we were not crippled by our fear. And so if you kind of fight her on it, she's sort of like, I'm going to turn it off. And then you, like, go into panic spirals immediately. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you go into panic spirals immediately and then you, like, snap out of it. Because you have this conversation with Donovan, and he's like, "It's okay, you're fine. Like, we we're there, and we it. did it, whatever, etc." And then, the, then that whole sequence with um, Akara, Akara, where she comes out, and she's like, "I'm sorry, Hal, I can't do that for you." Except there's ten of her. Um, that happens, and so I was confused because it was like, SPE is on, but it was not on. But they could turn it off, but then they don't turn it back on for Brent. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm not." I I thought the whole I. I what? Uh, yeah, I thought the whole way that SPW worked was like based on if you okay if you I know that he had um like brain control shit in him or whatever, but it seemed like the ability to indiscriminately turn it off and on wasn't available generally, and right. then yes. also like yeah. for its ability to like oh even affect people who didn't have any enhancements or whatever. It just seems like right, oh this was like social right yeah it was like warfare. the neuron whatever like the neuron mirroring thing that they were talking about it just seems like mm-hmm. hey here's some hand wavy magic to make it think like you are the bad guy for turning this off like it just seemed like a, a like a hail mary at the end to be like well actually spw is the good thing don't you know like rather than well that's the whole, having i mean it, isn't that what the whole game is about though you're supposed to be like finding out all about this spw and like preventing it from happening because you don't want like, yes, depression is bad, but like Donovan's saying, you know, or argues, I should say, he's like, yeah, depression is bad, but like people need it. People need depression to like, so that they can know happiness. And like, even if you have depression for a month and you turn it off, like it's still, you're still altering human subconscious or psyche in that sense. And like, it's not, it's not real. Like you need, like, anyway. It, it seems like that it's, whole conversation about, like, is it ethical to modify someone's brain is, like, the 
you know, like that's the crux of the story. Like it's, it seems like it's kind of right. like your first revulsion at like, okay, can we like change the psyche of a society? Like, I think that's what everyone expects is like, oh, I feel a little revolted by having this much control. And then to right. the game is constantly trying to be like, well, you should do this because X, Y, and Z, because rape's <laughs> going to go away because no depression's going to go away. Right. And like, I, I just feel like the game, it already made that point consistently about like hey here's this good thing and then to have this like hand wavy kind of like oh my god you're getting depression cycles now because we turned it off welcome to hell because you made this bad choice that it weakened the statement in my opinion that the game was trying to make yeah i agree because i think it also had the opportunity to engage with the core conceit of so donovan i mean and everyone but donovan is out trying to stop a corporation from controlling how people feel by controlling how people feel with the drinks that he makes like that's the very key aspect of who he is that's his superpower and like that was the thing that drew akara to him because she says you know he's a very rare person he is an agent of chaos he's not superhuman but he believes that he is and that's like enough to give him this power to you know control the fates of other people because he he influences and interrogates people by creating these drinks that tap into their emotions and like it's kind of at a very surface level stated like oh well i i do this thing and maybe it's not ethical i don't know but it's like there's no introspection about being like you know if if i'm saying that this mega corporation is wrong for trying to rid the world of depression then maybe what i'm doing by making a lawyer have a panic attack at a bar is also kind of wrong too so wait did you did you have the conversation with akira about this because she totally talks to me about it because I was kind of like in the middle. I was like, I mean, SPW is good, but only in like moderation. Like, don't get rid of depression all the way. Uh, let people kill each other because like that's a moral choice. And Akira like pulled called me out of my bullshit. And she's like, well, you say this other thing that you want SPW that's good over here. But then you're like, let people kill each other over here. And like, that's a little conflicting and hypocritical, don't you think? Or hypocritical, don't you think? And I'm like, uh. And she then she mentions like, well, you are here, the bartender, mixing drinks for people. And you're influencing their their will or whatever, so their emotions. So like, don't you think that's also kind of like what, like literally what you just said? Did you guys have that conversation? Or was that just for me? Or... I had a similar conversation it. when you're really? going through like the 10 questions of like, oh, should we like if if I was going to run the world like with the fail, the fail safe thing that yes. came up. Uh-huh. So is that the conversation you're talking about or is there a separate conversation that I somehow missed? Um, so she says it's it's definitely the fail safe one because that's when she asks you all the questions about rape and homophobia and like sexism and and murder um, and how like Donovan would want the world to be. Um that's when she says, like, well, you're being hypocritical. Uh, I can't remember if then she goes on to say, well, you're the one also influencing people with the spirits. I feel like it would tie in at that point in time. It could have been different time in the game, though. Like, it might have been when Ghost was there. I don't mm. know. I don't I don't remember. But I specifically remember her saying, or maybe it, was, maybe it wasn't Akira, maybe it was Ghost, saying, hey, well, you're here influencing people's emotions, and yet you're going after this corporation for... Uh, influencing people's emotions as well. So, like, what's the what's where do you stand, dude? Are you for it? Or are you against it? Uh, but I do remember this happening in the game at least once. <laughs> okay, because I, I I guess I oh sorry go ahead. yeah go, no I I just I I guess I don't really remember it totally. And so I guess my hope would be that it would in, engage on 
a larger level than a character being like, what's up with that, bro? At the end. I, you know what I mean? Right. I definitely agree. And I, I feel like some of the... Because, you know, I think this gets into like a personal ethical question, but I'm like, okay, if it's one person acting unethically, you know, like taking advantage of people, like for some reason that just sits better with me than like having a mega corporation with no real representation that also has like the government involved. Like, and that was the part that I wish was interrogated a little bit more. Like, I feel like there's a story about like, you know, oh, this could only work if like we had the resources of a government or the resources of a corporation behind us. Like, and that's why this is important. Like, I feel like that point is never raised. And yeah, yeah, it's just kind of uninterrogated throughout the entire story. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you can make the argument too, that he, what Donovan has is like a, it's like a gift or a talent. It's natural. Uh, You could even equate it to like, what if he wasn't serving drinks? What if he was just fucking making art? You know, like, what does that say about artists then who influence everyone culturally um, in society? Like, you know, should they go after corporations? But corporations are, like you were saying, on a massive scale. And it's not just one person. Uh, even if one person can reach a million people, uh, it's not like a corporation's doing it with ulterior motives behind it. Anyway, Rebecca, right. you were saying something. Oh, uh, Well, I, I think to that end, too, there's also a level of almost like consent happening. You know what I mean? So that's talked about a little bit early on uh, in the game about like, you know, is it okay for a company to do this to people without them knowing? Um, and that, again, is not really explored too much beyond that i feel like um but when it comes to donovan like some people know that he has this power and go to him because they want it you know what i mean like they're like do this and i want it and then there are some people who don't know that he's doing it behind the scenes you know what i mean and so like with with the lawyer with with uh namia you know she like does not want to drink at first and he's like "No, no 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 like i'm gonna force this on you like just you know like, I'm just going to give this to you based on our conversation. Like, I know you didn't tell me what you wanted, but I, I still can do this. You know what I mean? So, like, that felt very forced and unethical um, compared to other people who come in and they're just like, hey, man, I know you do this thing. Pour me some of that sweet stuff right. or whatever. Um, I, well, and that is not really engaged with either. Right. I, I think one of the my favorite characters, like, no surprise, is Larissa. I really like that whole, yeah. like, conversation you... Um, like you have with her and then just kind of like go through all of the different options and I think that speaks to your point Rebecca about how some people are like just in it for the thrill they want to get the emotions uh-huh. and feel like this full spectrum that maybe right. like she talks about not being able to cry like she had no one seen her cry since she was a teenager and like she's uh-huh. in it for that experience you know like being able right. to access that and part that's, of herself that's why I love Larissa because she knew what she was there for she knew what she was about and she was like hit me up Donovan like make me feel and like everyone else was uh, under the radar in a sense didn't know that they were being influenced and you know and that kind of alludes honestly to me i it read to me as as um spiking someone's drink uh to like date rape you know um and it was a little like but i mean it's a game it's you know things you just i just kind of like waved away whatever but like at the same time it's like no dude what you're doing is kind of fucked up a little bit yeah. I, on the conversation of Larissa, I because I think she's an interesting character, I feel like it's worth bringing up what the game did to her and what I think was yeah. a big controversy about this game when it came out. Um, because, you know, she's a character, she comes in, she's like, hit me up with the good stuff, she tells you stuff, whatever. 
Um, when you access her file uh, later, when you're playing as Brandis on the computer, they basically are like, she's like totally above board. You know what I mean? Like of anybody in this situation, she's not the bad guy. And yet there is another character, another C-level executive who uses her dead name as his computer password. And it's like, right. And that would why? be Edgar, right? <laughs> that we're talking about Edgar, right? It was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it was Because Edgar, it's Edgar's right? the one who's in love with her, right? I believe so, yes. So, you know, the, the developers have come out and been like, you know, we have queer people on our team, we have trans people on our team. You know, we made this decision because we wanted to illustrate the kind of character that Edgar is. But, you know, I knew, I kind of knew that knowledge going in. And then when I actually played through that se- sequence, it's a very small sequence, but to me, it does not feel earned. Because if that had not been in the game, it wouldn't have been any different. So I feel like right. that was not fair to do to Larissa. Yeah. Um, I And I think I said on a previous podcast that they might have, like, edited out or did something different to it, you know, but they actually had not. Um, and I, I might have missed something. Because uh, I knew that there was a, a trans character within this game and, like, you know, all the hubbub surrounding it. I didn't know who it was. Um, when Larissa walked in, she kind of gave off, you know, the the almost, like, flamboyant, like, she's a queer person. And I'm like, okay, it might be her. But I must have missed some dialogue because, again, I'm a really bad bartender. So um, I didn't get that she was trans or anything while serving her drinks. Um, later after playing the game, I like researched some stuff and apparently there's some dialogue where she mentions, I guess you get her horny, right? And she mentions that she like went to go see this guy with like multiple dildos or something. I have no idea. And I'm like, wasn't even that if she's... Edgar? I thought like, wasn't... Was that Edgar? Yeah. He was talking about how he had multiple removable dicks. I thought that was him. Maybe I like putting two people together. <laughs> again. <laughs> Again, whoever whoever says the that they have like multiple removable dicks, I didn't get that line of dialogue because I didn't ask the right question with the right emotion. So Larissa, um, I found out like Larissa was the one, like truly, like indefinitely, by that uh, scene at the end where I'm putting his brandis and I'm cold calling people uh, for information. So that was how, how I learned how she was trans. And so that experience to me, kind of rolled over since I knew about it prior a little gentler. Like I just knew it was coming or like I knew to anticipate it. And I was like, okay, here it is. Um, But I can totally understand why everyone or why people um, are disheartened and a little outraged and mad about how the uh, developers went about this puzzle in a sense, the solution to the puzzle. So I guess the part, because Tyler, I had a similar experience to you where I never, I, I wasn't like made aware of her trans status until like that moment. And I, I knew there was a trans character, but I didn't put it together that it was her until then. And I feel like that, you know, I, I understand the developer's intentions of trying to make it so that, oh, hey, this guy's an asshole. That's why he's using your dead name. So like, we want to really like enforce that. At the same time, it doesn't feel like her, her transness is ever like, a major theme of the story besides like this one zinger that's like hey yo she's trans like that's look at this asshole like and i just don't i don't feel like like we're similar to what rebecca was saying i don't feel like that's earned like the there are other ways to illustrate that he's a dickhead and it's kind of already hinted at through a lot of dialogue and like in the beginning when they're talking about the um ai being smarter than him at coding and it's like oh we're here for your creativity and it's like he's already a jaded dick 
And so, like, I don't think we needed that. (laughs) You know who Larissa reminded me of? Um, She reminded me of the gorilla, Gori, from Agresutsuko. Agresitsko. I can't remember her how to pronounce it. But that Netflix, a little, you know. Oh, yeah. She reminded me of that power executive in that anime on Netflix. And I I loved Larissa. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, I could see Totally, that. like, she's there to have fun. And she's, like, large and in charge. And she, like, does not give a fuck. Like, that's her. But anyway, so I love Lori. She's my favorite character. Um, but, yeah, it's, I like I, like I said, Olivia, we I didn't get her trans status either until the very end and it was like okay you know and like you said her uh, i'm just really repeating what you said but it it wasn't like a big flag like that was the main theme of the whole whole game you know it was just a like a quiet thing that had happened so and like i want representation like i want characters to exist that are queer or trans or whatever that don't like the whole access of their story is not dependent on that and that's what i really liked about a lot of the other characters in this and I like that Larissa right. was like dynamic and flamboyant and like had more to herself than being a sex fiend and more to herself than being like, you know, right. a high level marketing executive. Um, I just don't feel like we ever get that true payoff. Like what like what does her being trans have to do with the story? You know, like like we're all right. saying it doesn't get paid off. And that's just to clarify my point, like it's OK to have trans people who are just trans and that exists. But in this story, to have it just like that and final like, fuck you just didn't feel great to me. I yeah. I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. So stop me if this is bad, but. Oh no. Um, okay. Well, here we I'm go. Get my cross so, ready. Capitalism. <laughs> no. Uh, so the, the thing to, uh, to me also about Larissa is that, you know, the act of sort of outing her as a trans character was done in like the most negative way possible. Mm-hmm. I'm worried that sometimes this choice is made to be like, we have a trans character. Look, there she is. We even mention it in the dialogue, sort of. You know what I mean? Like, it felt like a way to be like, look, we have a trans character, but also we're going to make another character look bad at her expense. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if that piece had not been in there, would someone have come and said, hey, we would like to see more trans characters in your works? And they would have to be like, it was Larissa the whole time. I don't know. Like, I think that also precludes needing a better way to handle it because either it's like really negative or you have to go back and be like, Actually, it was always there. Representation I mean, was there the whole time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I think people haven't figured out how to meaningfully communicate Well, that. I mean, you can't just and JK... This is a way to not do it. Yeah, you can't just JK rolling things or Marvel things, you know? Like, oh, Dumbledore is gay all these years later. Okay, great. Like, where... Why couldn't you just do that? Um, I think even in the in the movies recently, it was like, he's... He Dumbledore is not gay in the fucking Griswold, whatever the <laughs> latest. I thought. I'm sorry. I thought that they had like some kind of erotic, highly sexual relationship. Isn't that what she just said? Do you guys I not like Harry Potter? One? Where do you fall in the Harry Potter scale here? Okay, okay, okay. Love Harry Potter. Lo- loved Harry Potter. Okay. <laughs> Read all the books. Devoured all the movies. Was here for it. And then J.K. Rowling like opened her big fat mouth, and I was like, mm. and at first it was okay. Like, okay, great. Oh, Dumbledore, he's gay. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And then it was just like she said all these other things, and I'm like, and what then are Hogwarts you doing? students poop in the hallways and magic it away. Yeah. They just they just vanish it. They're poop. It's just there, but it's invisible. <laughs> Uh, do you not have, I'm sorry, you have the fucking Chamber of Secrets, but no one fucking uses the toilet? Um, Tyler, that was was insulted after the fact, yeah. 
Come on, Tyler. <laughs> I don't fucking Get care. Get on Pottermore more. <laughs> um, and then you can say, so what's then, like. What's your Patronus? What's your wand? What's your house? What's your secret erotic oh, relationship with a my teacher? Oh, God. Uh, and then, you know. Because she's got one for if you. If we want to do the more recent. <laughs> oh, my God. She does. It's J.K. Rowling. Uh, we're totally dragging J.K. Well, you know what? Now we're not sponsored by J.K. Rowling or any of her um, future oh. endeavors. Uh, sorry, sure. Pottermore fans. We have to put fans. her on the wall of shame in our Discord. That's true. She might be our next bot. Next oh, to okay. <laughs> Clippy. Uh, we've, we've opened up a giant can of worms here in terms of representation. We sh- We're going to get um, so much ooh. hate mail. Um, it- but it means the same thing. It's like Disney did, Disney also did the same thing with, you know, the recent um, Beauty and the Beast one. He's like, oh, uh, Gascon's fucking, what's... Oh, LaFou. Yeah. LaFou. He's gay. That and you're gay like, the whole time. Okay. Or... Most recently, fucking Endgame with Marvel, and that um, I'm not spoiling anything. It's just you know, there's a scene in Marvel in the Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, where Captain Marvel is talk or Captain America, excuse me, is talking to these people in this like support group, and one of the guys casually mentions like, "Yeah, I went on a date, and he seemed interested, and I want to go back out with him," and like that was it. And Marvel came out like, "Yeah, look at our character. We got a gay character in there," and it's like, "No, bitch! Like, literally, there are superheroes that are gay that you're not letting be gay, and you just like put Does the character even have a name? No, he doesn't. He's yeah. guy number two. It was like a big like, character. Yeah, it wasn't anything. Um, it was literally uh, just enemy. We're getting off I, topic about it, but I mean, I, I you know, think, it's yeah. I think Red Strings Club does like." Even in this, like, marginal token representation of, like, a trans person, I think it does a little better than, you know, J.K. Rowling or, Definitely, like, yes. Yeah. I will say that. It definitely The bar does, is pretty low. Yes. <laughs> so. I, unfortunately. I, I think just to speak to your point, Rebecca, about how, um, you know, like, it's either don't include the trans character or, like, or have a trans character somewhere in the story just to have some kind of representation. I think that yeah. most people care about these kinds of things like aren't looking for you know like oh i just want you know captain marvel to be trans and she was trans the whole time and that like isn't that cool in in like this marvel story like i think they're looking for some kind of like substantive story with a trans character in it or like any like you know dawn and moon could have been trans like that could have just been like a throwaway thing that they talk about yeah it would have been fine sure like i think there are because mm-hmm. her, her uh, Donovan and Larissa have had this really long relationship. Larissa could have literally been like, yeah, remember, you know, back in the old days when we used to like get together and like it could have been a really like non like a chill thing to like, you know, not, no big fireworks or anything. It's just like a casual conversation that they had and just like, OK, um, but it just they went about it in like, a really different way. So anyway, right, yeah. sorry to I, cut you off. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think it's just like, I, I think there are ways to do this respectfully in a way that doesn't involve yeah. like some kind of trauma to a trans person. And like, right. it just has to be done with care. And I think that, you know, reading the, I, I read the Waypoint response, like where they have this conversation with the developers about this. And I think mm-hmm. that they are doing their best to be caring with this. I just think that it plays into a lot of harmful stereotypes that, you know, we've yeah. seen over and over again. And I wish that wasn't the case with this story because I feel like that's the one like, you know, black eye in terms of like queer representation that I can see in this. Because I'm really, I'm really excited about everything else in it. Like I'm really excited with how, you know, nonchalant the other characters are about being queer. How it's just like a thing. But they live in yeah. a world with like gender. Like there was some throwaway line about like, oh, you have like gender implants that isn't ever really explained. But I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Like I'm like happy that exists in this world. But to yeah. to just fuck it up at this at, for like nothing for no real payoff 
just kind of seems like a real right. bummer. And there's, I think, a lot of exchanges of love, which I thought was really interesting. So there's a lot of characters telling each other that they love each other. And sometimes it's qualified as being like, well, I like you platonically. But you know what I mean? Like you see a robot saying, I love humans. Like, I love you. I think you're great. Like You see people telling it to each other. You see people who have just met telling it to each other. So there is an inherent queerness in the storyline of just like, we are all people. We're all experiencing these things together. We're all sharing these stories. And that's why I think Larissa deserved better <laughs> because she's so great. And her introduction was really great. Um, so another a big piece that I, I wanted to kind of touch on was what came right after Larissa's interrogation, which was Irving. And okay. that was a really fucking weird so this, part. This is all story. you guys. This is all you guys because I did not get Irving. Because I did not answer the quiz correctly. Oh, sh- that's so right. So I, was this a... is a whole, I read up on him, but like, I need to hear what you guys have to say because I, so, this like, is like, what? Like, way out left field in the ballpark, as they say in sports games. Um, Olivia, did you, did you get Irving? I got Irving. And I, I'm interested, okay. just to kind of set it up, like Irving is this um, torturer. I don't know his official title. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, just like a Yeah, he's like a torture kid. informant. Oh. Yes. And he, um, you get him from, like, passing a test, and then somehow, like, by Akara opens, like, somehow gets him there, and then they decide to, like, play a game where you have to, like, guess his age, and if you get it right, you have to play Russian roulette. I, I, I got it right, so I don't actually know what the fail state is, but then you play Russian roulette with him, and I got two chick. I chickened out for the first one, and I was like, I gotta stop. This is scaring me too much. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Okay. So, So, I, what happened with you, Rebecca? I, so, I got him. Um, I also guessed his age and then I did not chicken. I made him sh- do the whole sequence of Russian roulette with me. Um, uh, and you get to the very end and he shoots you, but it's a blank. And then he starts oh. freaking out and he's like, Oh my God, like you're crazy, man. <laughs> like you wanted me to just shoot you. Like how on earth could you have ever known that it was a blank? And it's to the point where it's so bad that Akara is like, I suggest you maybe don't let yourself get shot in the face right now. <laughs> um, and so if you win the game because you let him, he does all six rounds and he doesn't kill you. He basically is like, I will torture anyone you want. Ooh. Who do you want me to torture? And he offers Diana, Naima, and Larissa as like, I will torture any of these people for you for information. But I chickened out and I didn't want him to torture anybody because I felt really bad. So I was just like, yeah. bye. And that was the end. <laughs> None of those characters deserve to be tortured. I wonder what happens if you torture them. I like among that list, I was would personally, I would probably choose uh Nima because she seems to have her emotions turned off or something. Like she's very robotic. Um but like no one deserves to be tortured. Like these these characters are just like cogs in the fucking corporate machine you know like okay what does that do and what information would you even gain from them well um, and at the same time there's a throwaway line in there i think donovan does when I, so i think it's the I, i'm interested to hear who, who you guys like put the implants into and like the sea level people but i oh, i yeah. did one oh, where right. like we i put the rebellious um like implant into god i'm trying to look up her name right now she's like the coo joanna Joanna and then like there is a conversation I believe it's between Larissa and Donovan where he's like oh I don't like to see any individual suffer like corporations can go suck a fuck but individuals matter to me so then to have the option I didn't torture oh, anyone yeah. like but to have the option to be like oh torture this person like what the fuck <laughs> right exactly yeah 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the intent was with that. Like, I would be curious to know if he would, like, if Irving would come back with information. Because Irving's... Like, base... Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's fine. Um, I was going to say, Irving is offered to you as, like, a reward for getting the quiz right on, I think, Larissa. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's Larissa's quiz. So it's Uh. it's like, why why is your reward for getting Larissa's quiz correct to then torture her and or other people? It's like, why? Why? Uh, I don't... I'm guessing... Like, I'm guessing it was to set up a moral quandary. I, you know what I, I mean? I guess. I guess. But I don't... I don't know. Again, like, I don't think it was earned. And I don't And I don't know, because he does kind of say, too, like, he was like, okay, well, if you need somebody tortured, you call me, you crazy badass. And then there's never a point at the rest of the story at which um, you can call him. Like, if I changed my mind and was like, actually, I need you to go talk to so-and-so... But Donovan gets like a throwaway line at the end when he's talking to Brandis, when Brandis is like in the hacking minigame, uh, where he says something like, oh, well, I know a torturer, har, har, har. Interesting. I don't know. That Um, was really weird. It is very weird. I wish it wasn't that guy and it was like Ghost instead, you know, because Ghost was really, I think, the most interesting character, like I shouldn't say interesting, most mysterious character in this game. And his literal, like he's... He's so cool and mysterious, and he seems like he's way out there. Like, he he's a god compared to you and, like, even the corporation, Supercontinent. Um, and you get only, his only, like, purpose in the entire game is to give you the red and blue bottles. Um, and then he's gone. And it's like, dude, are you going to help me out with the revolution? Or, like, what's your deal, you know? Totally. It also seems like Donovan was afraid of him. Well, I mean, well. he should be, like, but like, right? And then he just was sort of like, "Hello, I'm here. Please learn a new mini game." Yeah. Okay. Bye. And then he's back again, like, "Hey, also, you can turn drinks now." Bye. Yeah. And then that was. I it. wish that you could, like, I feel like he should have been the reward for defeating or defeating answering Larissa's questions correctly, and then you get to serve him drinks and like he can tell you information and or you can recruit him to your cause, which then changes the outcome of the ending of the game, which I understand super, you know, a lot of work on the devs do that, but I feel like it would have been a better story and or alternative to Irving or whatever his name is. So, and I want to know more about him. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, was the implication that he was kind of, like he was trying to be a neutral party I, in the whole thing. I feel like, like he knew a lot of information, but he was just kind of like, I just know this stuff, but it doesn't really matter. Right. I feel like Ghost is from a different draft of the story because he kind of just. Are... Yeah, it does. Sorry. No, it does kind of feel that way. I agree with you. Um, Like Ghost kind of just rolls up and is like, hey, I'll get you some liquor. I also have teleportation powers, which I was super freaked out by when Ghost is just like, <laughs> like teleporting in and also like, oh, using mind powers to bring things over. And then you see Brandis do it in the like hacking, like the phone endgame part. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. guess this uh-huh. is a part for, with augments. Like that's like the rules of Ghost and like augments and superpowers are never really explained, which is fine. But it's also really jarring. Right. Um. And it sucks because I was like, oh, I bet you Ghost is going to be some kind of informant or like there's some larger story here that Ghost plays a role in a role in, and then Ghost, unless I missed something really critical, Ghost is just like, hey, what's uh-uh. up? I'm out now. 
Peace. Well, do you remember? So I don't know if you noticed this when you played the game, but I did when I was playing. When he walks into the scenes, he has this this bubble, this blue, it's very light blue tinged bubble, like as if he has this uh, anti like technology sphere around him that like disables all technology around him. Um, and I wanted to know, He's in like an eternal Faraday cave. Yeah, basically, because like he walks in, and like you know, the whole like mood and atmosphere changes, right? Well, that's because you're like within his sphere of influence or whatever. And right. I mean, I'm just making, th- I'm just, and a car I can't sense exactly. Him. And so like I'm, but, I'm yeah. picking you know straws out of a hat, but like he, that's why I thought he was gonna be more important to this um, whole like overthrow the the corporation thing because he was unaffected by SPW because right. Akira. Akara couldn't sense him, you know, and I thought he was going to play a major role and I want to know more about him. Like, what the, what is his deal? Why is he super powerful? You know, what, what's going on? Who is Ghost? Right. But I think, Olivia, I think your point about this being like maybe a previous draft of the story is potentially (laughs) the correct answer here because, um, you know, it's, there's also, like all the characters have some kind of augmentation like you could see it on brandis like even in the beginning when he's playing the piano you can see it on the back of his neck like it's out there right and even when akara comes stumbling in the bar they're like what is this just some like crazy implant fangirl not realizing that it's actually a robot and like they they like reference a lot that people can't tell whether or not akara is a human or an android and then, th- right. like, at the very end, there's a little throwaway line about how Donovan has, like, an allergy to implants. Like, his body will naturally reject implants, so he doesn't have any. So, like, he's kind of identified as being sort of handicapped, basically. Like, he has mm-hmm. this bad knee, and he can't walk, and he can't really leave the the thing, and, like, that's why he's at the bar all the time. And then all that stuff just kind of floats around in the ether, and that's it. Yep. Ghost is there, Donovan's there, and I don't really know. Like, it seems like that kind of concept was going to be more important. Definitely. And I kind of feel like, you know, if we're thinking about, like, a Red Strings Club 2 or a prequel or something, or if this was, like, an episodic game, I kind of was thinking that's where, like, people like Ghost would fit in. Um, Because I was just like, it just seemed so off the wall. Like, we're trying to, I understand that you want to, when you're telling a story, create a rich tapestry by, like, including details that you know, maybe aren't super relevant that are just there for it. But, you know, the everything around Ghost is so menacing. It's kind of like Chekhov's gun. Uh-huh. Like, you never get that payoff of like, okay, well, Ghost seems like a dangerous person, you know, rather yeah. than being like some kind of recurring villain or a character is like Tom Bombadil, where it's like, oh, we just take like a little like ghost break where it's like real sco- spooky and scary. <laughs> and then we kind of go back to the real right. story. A literal yeah. actual live skeleton walks into the bar and hands you a cocktail shaker and was like, Look at that bitch, and then leaves, exactly. and then that's it. <laughs> he he Nobody lets you live that. because you serve yeah. him drinks so well. He lets you live. Like that's my theory. And then, <laughs> like, and that's the other thing too is like he asks you to serve him a drink, and when you go to make him a drink, he has one emotion, and it's like in Latin. I loved that though. That was actually kind of yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like he he is totally an enigma, and then that's it. Yeah. I hope you liked it. The end. One thing so, we haven't really talked about is like the music in this game. Um, oh, yeah. it's so good. And yeah, I was thinking a lot about Ghost, like just because his music fucking rules, like yeah. as a spooky mood setting piece. And I'm like, I, I wish 
like you know a lot of, a lot of the music is more like instrumental and like maybe a little like techno-y at least from my recollection mm-hmm. and then you just get ghosts where it's like kind of a dirge and i'm like yes give me this like terrible emotion <laughs> <laughs> the the sound design in this game was really smart because i really like i like you i really liked the soundtrack and i thought i thought all the music was good and i i mean i listened to like synthwave just normally so i guess that helps um but i thought this game was also smart in the times it did not use music so there were times when it goes dead silent and it's like oh yeah and i thought some of those moments were were well done and and unsettling i like that y'all i just figured out something about ghost looking him up what um wait is there is there stuff online yeah apparently there's an album titled ghost and it's like some like a real world thing that's like a re- like this is a reference to it's like oh hey it was crown funded and he was allegedly a backer in this so that oh. may be why ghost actually is in here interesting okay so they had they just put him in because he was a fan creation something that like would that. make I, sense I haven't done all this what? is me just trying to be like well is ghost in anything so uh you know i can't yeah. speak to that 100 percent, but that would make it a lot more sense why they just kind of like parachute in this cool this like su- <laughs> mysterious character and they're like okay we'll never touch him again well you know yeah, what I... he's, he's very mm. mysterious <laughs> so so okay so we have a lot of of characters here right we have like you know the kind of three ladies of of um I always want to call it supercomputer. It's supercontinent. I don't know why. Um, but we have Diana, we have uh, Naima, and we have Larissa, right? We have Ghost mm-hmm. and Irving, which are like these weird one-offs. Mm-hmm. And then we have Dr. Coldstream, so Edgar, who I, I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about because I pink tequila him, and so I have no idea what he's like if you don't get him drunk off of his ass. So, so um, explain to me what happens if you don't get him drunk off of his ass, and then I will tell you what happens if you Olivia, do. did you de- pink tequila him? Because I didn't. I did not pink tequila. I didn't know how to make pink tequila. So I didn't pink tequila him either, and he seemed real talkative even without the pink tequila. Yeah, he was. Okay. He's very like full of himself, and he's like, I'm kind of on this hot shit, and like I'll just. It doesn't matter what information I leak to you or whatever, because I just. It like I'm untouchable is how he kind of like goes about himself, even when you're not using. I think one of his emotions is like pride or something, and even when you're not using pride and you're using like stress or fear, um, he's still very like talkative. So okay, I like Edgar's the In person case... I got the most information out of. Um, I mean, like I got information out of Larissa, but like I again kind of mix and match wrong emotions with questions, and so like I got less out of her. Edgar, it seemed like no matter what I did, and you know, Edgar's, I think he's the last person you serve. So like by then, I kind of had like a better idea of what I had to do. But um, he he told me basically everything. He answered like four four of my questions. So yeah, okay. So I'm not really sure what the point of pink tequila was. Maybe just as like an Easter egg that Naima tells you, like don't give him that because he got drunk at the Christmas party. Because I do, so if you know the recipe for pink tequila because um, Naima gives it to you, kind of, um, it appears when you enter, like when you do your interrogation, it appears as like a drink option. So it appears as one of his emotions. So I just did that. And then the exact same thing happened, which was he told me everything. And it was like, yeah, whatever. Akara, like, is the one that controls MNA and she reads Radica and blah, blah, blah. Like, so I, I assumed that that was like, 
oh, I won. Oh, like I, I had a thing. Like I interrogated somebody, right? And I got this cool thing that made him tell me all the answers to my questions. And now I'm I think thinking you still maybe got the it, cool thing, but I got all those yeah. answers as well. Where it was just like, yeah. I, so I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. Okay. Well, I think so. I, I was, mm. you know, again, I looked all this up afterwards. Um, and I, if you do pink tequila, you do get a little bit more information, or at least you got one more piece of information that I didn't get that I again had to like find while being Brandis in the corporate office calling people. Um, and it, but other beyond that though, it's it's more like an achievement thing. It seems. Um, oh, there aren't even achievements on the Switch. So. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah, it's like an achievement on well, Steam. Um, <laughs> okay. But like, yeah, it's I, it doesn't it didn't seem like it was a huge deal apparently. Um, like I said, I didn't. I might. It wasn't an option, and it wasn't an emotion option for me. Um, so like Nima didn't give it to me because uh, again, I did terrible with her. So. <laughs> it, it's fine i so i guess then you know this game is called the red strings club um and if you guys know the sort of lore of what the red string of fate, fate. means it's right it, it generally is this idea that i mean i think a lot of times it, it is related to marriage like two people are tied but it also relates to it you know the concept of one thread joining a lot of people together for a reason and so you know i can kind of go with that right because basically everybody you serve in the bar is like super critical to getting this mission done like no one else comes to the bar who's not important except ghost apparently um so essentially you just are like a b c d e f g in this line of interrogation of important people who will tell you answers to things that you need to know to complete this mission and so that makes sense when it comes to something like the Red String of Fate. But then I think with instances like the Pink Tequila and Edgar situation, and then also just knowing that like even if you totally bumble your way through the whole game, you can still get all of the answers at the end when you're looking people up on the computer and talking to them and stealing their voices and stuff. The game really essentially pushes you to get to one conclusion. You know what I mean? And that is okay you know what i mean like i think it's hard it's like you can't it's hard to make a game that have more than one ending but at the same time it also feels sort of like so what you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so what so uh, outside of maybe the experience with irving you know what i mean i feel like we all kind of came out of this having a very similar sense of the information and what was presented in the story and the players and the why right yes do you feel like, do you feel satisfied walking away from this? Like, do you feel like having all this information? Do you feel like, yep, yeah, that was a story? Or do you feel kind of like, eh, you know? I I feel like the smaller moments are what made me like this story. Um, like seeing Donovan and Brandis like communicate and talk and just kind of like the stories on the periphery. The actual main like, <laughs> you know ultra mega corporation taking over the world thing. It all felt a really like really straightforward and simple in a way that I just didn't expect. Like I honestly expected to, Oh, I didn't get all the information. I failed it. And I need to like go through it again. That's how I thought the story was yeah. going to resolve itself because I just didn't play well enough. And that's really annoying. Like if that was how it had worked, I would have been like, well, okay, I guess I'm not going to play this again. So I can, I can understand why the developers decided to make it like, Hey, no matter how bad you fuck up, you're probably going to get there. It'll just be a little harder at the end. Um, at, right. at the same time, I kind of, you know, I understand it 
you know, multiple branching options, multiple endings, that's just more resources put into something. I do feel like with this heavy emphasis on choice, though, that there was multiple outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I thought there would be multiple outcomes as well. I'll have to say, you know, my, like, number one favorite part of this entire game was actually the very ending where you're playing as brand is cold calling people. Because, again, because I had done so poorly, that part of the game, I had to do a lot of puzzle solving. Um, I mean, I feel like even if you have all the information, you still have to do puzzle solving regardless but there's a there's a few things that like i had to do extra because i didn't i didn't freaking know um like i literally the only thing i knew about radica at that point was that she uh was young and supposedly she's in line to take over the corporation and like that's it um but then like i had you know when i was that last scene i had like found out she was doing all this other stuff and like she was raised by akira um and all this other, all this other stuff, um, I, like when I was building her profile, um, that was my like top tier favorite part. The next part would be you know mixing the drinks. I thought that there was going to be a different ending based on different questions or or outcomes that I was given throughout the whole game, mm-hmm. and then to find out that it all just kind of actually merges into one point was a little. Uh, disheartening. I felt satisfied overall. Like I, I'm glad that, like Rebe- uh, Olivia said, I I did not want to go back through this game because I had failed some fucking dialogue because I'm awful at the game <laughs> uh, to replay all the shit and then have to remember like, well, what did I say last time? Well, I don't know. Let me select this option again and see what the, the same outcome or not. Um, right. I feel like they. I feel like this is a successful game overall because it does some. Um, interesting things and it doesn't uh what i'm trying to say it doesn't make it difficult for the player to experience the whole story without feeling super bad about themselves um but i feel like again there's a lot more room to expand within this game again you know ghost um and like just maybe a few more like insights to characters. Like why couldn't characters come in a second time around and like you serve them again and like maybe go into more information or something. I don't know. Um, but I understand it's, it's very straightforward and very like, this is the one linear storyline that we're talking about and no other person is going to come into the bar. Just the people who matter are, are important. And yeah, so. that, that is one. I mean, to be completely straightforward, I have one very big frustration with this game, and it is the fact that every single person has a freaking landline, and they're just sitting next to it waiting for you to call Except them. Except for Larissa. She's the only Except one who doesn't pick up. And Brandis is like, oh, yeah, she, you know, it's the weekend, you know, late at night. She's not going to call. Like, I wouldn't call. And, like, that's it. That's the whole... Yeah. I thought that was great. But, every, but everybody else is a flipping loser. But I was... I, I think that... That is something that I wish there was more of, you know what I mean? And that was more world building through talking to other people that weren't just the need to know basis part of the story. And so I was thinking a lot about Observer, and especially you, Olivia, because I know that you've been playing Observer, and I thought it was interesting sort of that you ended up playing that and this at the same time. Yes. But one thing I thought that Observer did in an interesting way was bring in people who were like kind of unrelated for some background. And not all of them have a huge heart to play in the story but there's like people that you can have a conversation with that are just like giving you context about what the hell is going on Mm -hmm. 
in the kind of greater world around you and aren't necessarily tied into like the murder mystery that you have to sort of untangle. Um, I, to like point you know, to an example of that I really liked was like Amir's like drug dealer contacts, like the, uh-huh. like where you're like going back and kind of touching base with those people from the dream sequence or not dreams, yeah. like mind Jack sequence. And I guess I kind of, you know, I, I understand this is a very like linear story. You're getting like in red strings club, but I kind of wish that there was an option to go back and revisit some of those older people or like call them in, you know, like we get this pill that I was so afraid to use. I never did use it. And I kind of wish that, right. you know, I wish there was like 10 more, um, invested like 10 more like drink making sequences than the whole last like 30 minutes of that game. Cause I really right. did not like the phone number yeah. sequence. Yeah, that was an interesting game split into into those halves, and I I think I I really liked of the two. I really liked the the interrogation sequence, the the phone piece at the. I still spent like an hour. Like I think I had a lot of the answers, but I still feel like I was in there for an hour. Just like, yeah, I was trying to circularly crack, calling people. Yeah, cool. Because I was trying to crack uh, crack Karen open, and then um the head of Karen from HR. I love. Yeah, that. I know. Uh, Karen from HR. Uh, the the technical guy, the guy who's is a CTO. I don't know his his stupid background, but he's the he's oh, IT guy. Francis. Francis, yeah, because there's there's two crack or there's two safe word protected um, files on the computer, and one is Edgar and one is Francis. And I was trying to get Francis to unlock, even though I had all my shit done. And I was like, I guess you can't just unlock him anymore. I don't know. Clearly, I must have. This is a dialogue option that is not available to me anymore, or a pathway that's not available to me anymore because I didn't get, I did poorly on the interrogation parts at the bar. So I don't know if you can or not. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked it up to see if you actually can get into Francis's file or what you would find in there. It seems like you would find almost everything because he seems to know basically everything. So I don't, I don't remember if I got into that. I feel like it just came to such a slog at the end that I, I just kind of like, I don't know. I think at some point I just was like, whatever. And then kind of gave up. And then the game does that thing where it looks you in the face and says, here's the plot. And then ends. You are the red strings club all along. Yeah. We were the real walking the end. dead. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I guess the, the ending is just such a bummer, you know, and I know endings yeah. are hard, but man, I wish we had some more like, information even like a post like hey here's what happened you know like i guess yeah. like that would actually probably give some weight to you know the story that they're telling like after the fall of uh brandis to be like all right well here's like the like consequences of your actions so right and it and and they give you that choice as brandis to either say to donovan like i love you so much or it was a car all along and that's it like that's i know last so what did you guys choose thing. for the choose for like the the endings or your dialogue options for the ending did you say i love you donovan or did you say hey this is what's going on i said it was a cara oh I because see. and then it didn't matter because he still said you're like the most important person i've ever met and then he dies yeah. so i was like okay well at least i told right. him Akara was the bad guy i guess and did you guys know that he? Well, Olivia, what was your response? Did you say Akara too, or did you say? No, I said I love you because I, 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 I. You guys are much nicer than I am. I was just I, like, I have to save the no, world. No, I, I said I have to save the world too. I said, oh no, it's fucking Akara. Like, kill her. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because well, because here's why. Because up until that moment, I didn't realize that Brandis and Donovan were boyfriends, um, or that they were seeing each other. Oh, you I, didn't. I don't know why it didn't register to me until the very end, and I was like, did you? Oh. 
Well, did you get that scene? I guess like where, um, oh God, her brain is, my brain is forgetting her name. Uh, horny lady who's trans. God Larissa. Damn it. <laughs> Larissa. Larissa. Yeah. Larissa talks about wanting to fuck him. Oh yeah. Cause that was when, that was the first thing where she's like, oh, like let's yeah, fuck. Yeah. Cause she was hot for Brandis, right? I think she's yeah. hot for Donovan. And then Donovan's like, well, I'm with Brandis. So, and then she's like, well, I'll wear a strap on if that's what you want. <laughs> I must have missed that then. <laughs> anyway, it, it I guess it kind of came as a shock to me or like I figured it out. And then I was like, well, realistically, if they're together, like he fucking knows that Brandis loves him, Donovan. So like, it's fucking Akira and you already know that I love you, bitch. So bye. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> as I'm falling from a fucking story, 10 million story building. Um, so, yeah, it's very efficient. Yeah. So, okay, uh, one thing that we did not talk about that I just have a question about, which is the sequence in which you have to talk Joanna off the ledge. That was a very weird mini game and part can of the you, entire story. I did not like that part. Can you can you fail it? Like, will she jump? Um, I think she just shoots you. I don't think. Wait, there was a there was a gun. She could shoot you. I didn't even know oh, it was an option. Wait, what? what did you guys put inside of her? Because I put in the rebellious thing. I put in the punk, the rebellious yeah, I put in the, okay, the, the punk thing. Yeah, that's what I did. And she oh, a... I put I put in, um, I think I put in the hippie. Okay. That made her like sad and miserable about how bad everything was. Okay. She wasn't mad at me. She was just like really upset, and she was like, "All these people I've hurt. I don't know what okay. to do." So it, I guess. Okay, that's an important distinction. Yeah, I guess that maybe that's like <laughs> she did not have a gun. Literally, the only distinction because she had a gun. She had a gun for me, and I'm assuming Olivia she had a gun for you too. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I do know that depending on what you put on her, because there's like three different you know modules you can put in her, the that sequence changes and the difficulty of like talking her down increases or decreases or is just a little bit quicker I should say um, depends on it. But I don't I don't think there's a fail state other than like if you just continue to move forward without you know trying to, without her alleviating her stress or whatever, then she'll either jump or shoot you. Um, but I didn't have a problem with that. It was just kind of annoying because it was just like, I ask a question, move forward. I ask a question, move forward. I ask a question, move forward. Use the chill pill. I ask a question, move forward. And it wasn't, it wasn't like, it just took like seven, ten minutes. And I was like, eh, this isn't, I'm not doing anything complex here. I'm just choosing a dialogue option and moving forward. I don't know. What did you guys feel about that sequence? I had a similar situation like was... to you, Tyler, where it was just kind of like, oh, I'm going to talk to her. And then I failed this thing. Okay, move back. Wait for my chill pill to like recharge. Okay, move forward. Sorry, <laughs> Rebecca, I didn't interrupt you. That's okay. I, I think it's just, it's illustrative of the fact that the game in the end didn't have any stakes. Really? Yeah. It it didn't. Because even in the, it like, even in my, my conversation with Irving, like, even though he played Russian roulette with me, I could not die. Correct. So. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I guess that ties back into the concept of, like, this was faded, and, like, there was one ending, and it doesn't really matter what you do to get to that ending, you're still going to get to that ending, but at the same time, it's still, uh, you know what I mean? It's, why have so many choices if in the end it really doesn't matter? Yeah. Unless that's the point. But then if it is, then I don't know if that was, I don't know. 
Anyway, I know I can hem and haw about that that aspect of it, but I, I, to me, that just is like a really high stakes moment that it, it doesn't it just doesn't matter. Yeah, I I mean, I, again, I understand from a developer standpoint how it would be difficult to make it high stakes or just have a consequence depending on what happens. Um, but even then, like, let's say she does jump or shoot you. Uh, she could shoot you and then like run away and like you don't get to talk to her again and then, like that's one contact that you don't have to use at the very end and it makes it a little more difficult I suppose. Um, but like uh, they probably just wanted it to, to to make sure that the player could get to the end and like it, it not be a, a thing. I don't know. I I agree that it wasn't. It's since it's nonsensical because there's no. It's like Mass Effect, you know, there's not really a bad ending. There's no consequences. Whatever you want to choose is whatever it is. And like, eh, it doesn't really matter at the end. It's all one point that happens, you know, it's the end of the story. Um, I think, I, I wonder, I don't know if another game has done it because I can't think of one, but I, it would be interesting to, I don't know, like for a game to be, to really grapple with its own concept of like self-determination, you know what I mean? Like, the concept of the game is it has to end a certain way, and, like, let's meaningfully engage with what that what that means, really, because I feel like it's used as a trope, but it's not actually engaging with its own self as, like, a meta-narrative. You know what I mean? Definitely. I feel like Bioshock is, like, the ultimate, like, uh, like that's the example that a lot of people hold up, and it's become such a trope at this point because of that game. I feel like that popularized this idea of like, oh, we need to have some in-fiction reason as to why this character was following these orders all along. And I I, I do agree that like having a deeper read on that would be awesome. Like having like, oh, you know, give me the Bioshock twist, but like in the first, you know, hour of the game and then have it pop up like 10 times. And let's let's like really dig in there. Let's eat our meta. Let's let the let's let the Ouroboros totally eat me alive. I want to be in that (laughs) snake. Yeah. I, I would be interested in, in something like that. That would be cool. Um, so, you know, there's a lot, obviously, to un- unpack in this game. I have to give Deconstructing a lot of credit because I feel like they do make games that try to deal with tough concepts. And that's cool because, you know, you can't always get it right when it comes to stuff that is really difficult. You know what I mean? If the, if the story was all sunshine and roses, then it's like, okay, that's one thing. But cyberpunk is hard and like in any medium trying to yeah like trying to write a story about what does it mean to be happy is hard and what does it mean to be a person is hard although and i feel like a waypoint shill when i say stuff like this but i feel like everybody always kind of goes back to near automata when it comes to like what does it mean to be human and what are robots and what is love and what is reality and and, and all that but um as we're kind of you know looking at this experience i'm curious are there any sort of final thoughts, final moments, final themes, like things that you want to engage with that we haven't yet? Or I, I guess I really want to stress to. like how, like even with its warts and all, like warts and all, I really enjoyed this experience and I enjoyed the characters yeah. and I enjoyed the act of, you know, talking to people and having to pay attention. And those quizzes were awesome. Like, I just wish there was more. Like, I wish that... Can, d- deconstructing could be given like a full budget and hopefully you know as their game I, I think red strings club hopefully did pretty well so i'm really looking forward to see how they build on this and i'm gonna go take a i'm gonna go back and watch um 
gods will be watching because i own it i just never had a chance to look at it so i'm excited to take a look at that yeah that game is really cool it it goes play like i think it very it has a very similar affect to this game where it like really tries to hit some stuff you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, it, and it doesn't necessarily matter whether or not it does it's just that it tried and i think that that has a lot of value and a lot of meaning Definitely. And I think that can be applied here. Like, I'm glad they tried to tell the story, even though I don't think it was 100% yeah. successful. I'm glad that it got its, like, place. And I, you know, I, I would love to, let's get the Nos story. Give me, our ghost story. Sorry. I want ghosts. Give me, give me Red Strings ghost. Yeah. God, he was really good. Wasn't he like, was. Yeah. He really was. Yeah. Um, I guess kind of piggybacking off of Liv. Uh, like I said earlier, I, I also agree that there's more in this world to expand upon um even like like let's say brandis and his cyberpunk friends they were just there for the funeral and like that was it we literally don't know anything about them what happened what their involvement is within this you know scheme that was put on um and like that could be a thread a red string if you will to um see where (laughs) it goes with like that and how it plays out you know Maybe it could be different if you had, you know, some involvement in whatever they were doing. I don't know. Um, so I would like to see if there was like a DLC for this, that would be awesome. Um, I definitely want to see more about Ghost. And I definitely want to hang out with Larissa a lot more. Um, <laughs> she was like, I wasn't like, I, I enjoyed this game. Overall, I enjoyed this game. I'd recommend it to people. It's a good experience overall. Um Larissa's like the definitely sell point for me like she brightened up the game and like I had those are like the the best five minutes that I had in the game like with with another character I should say um so yeah I I agree with what you both have said and you know I think this was really really fun and I I I I remember when I I played through like mm, I don't know maybe the first two hours or so and then I put it down and I remember just thinking like wow like this game is awesome like I love the strategy of having these conversations with people and I just found it really compelling and um, you know I thought that Akara's questioning was like just brilliant like that was just such a great idea and it was so well executed and you know the way that I walked away from this game did not tamper how I felt about it when I first started it. And Mm -hmm. that's like the hardest thing to do is make a good first impression. And I think this game makes an amazing first impression. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, you know, a lot of commendation for what it does and what it tries to handle and and the conversations it tries to make and for just making cyberpunk bartending a genre now. (laughs) I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I think that's cool. Let's just make bartending a thing and put on our VR hats and make our, I'm going to make you play that fucking that horrible bartending game. Now I hope you know. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. Hell yeah. I'll do it. You know, what was really refreshing about this game though, too, Mm. was that like with any game that involves dialogue or, 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 um, involves dialogue where it's like a critical point, like let's say dragon age or any other RPG really, (laughs) Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. It actually sounded like we had like edited that part out, and then we had just replaced it with like a dubbed in version <laughs> of whatever you had said. It was just the perfect deadpan dragon. Um, but you know, so when I, uh, 
most other video <laughs> games, when you're faced with a dialogue option, it's like, oh, well, you don't have plus 12 intelligence or whatever, you know. This oh. game, like, I'm glad there was no, like, plus whatever the fuck persuasion skill. It was just literally talking, and it felt, the conversations felt more organic that way because even if you did fail or if you succeeded like it was it wasn't like well you don't have these dialogue branch paths because you don't have you didn't put your points in the correct places so like that pathway is blocked off for you it's it's literally no you just didn't get like the right sequence or whatever um and i enjoyed that i thought that was pretty I'm not going to say novel because I'm sure other games have done it, but it just, it, for this game specifically, this experience, it was actually really nice. So I will say that. I really enjoyed that about the game too. So so wh- one of these days, I think Olivia and I are going to have to sit you down and have you play Fallout New Vegas because... Does Fallout New I, Vegas do? I reason, thought Fallout New Vegas was all about the pluses. Well, it is, but like there's an instance that I'm thinking of very specifically where if you are a character of low intelligence, you can hit on your own brain <laughs> and get rejected. What? And I just feel like that's I just feel like that's very good. <laughs> Dude, a low intelligence but no, I, it game is, is fucking awesome. We should make you do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like not the optimal okay. way to play, but we should make you do that. Okay. I'll be all brawn, no brain. There you go. Great. Only hitting no feeling. Great. <laughs> well, I think that was a podcast. Yeah, I agree. I think. Me too. All right. Well, thank thank you both for joining me in this cyberpunk hellscape that feels very much like our own. I don't know. Everything's awful. Anyway, uh, this has been the greetings from SpoilerCast. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are hosted, such as Apple Podcasts, Simplecast, Spotify, and others. Um, you can send us your questions to greetingsfromcast at gmail.com, and we will answer them on our normal non-SpoilerCast episodes, which is most of the time. Um, you can visit us on the web at greetingsfrom.zone. You can follow us on Twitter at greetingsfrompc, and we stream every other Friday at greetingsfrompc on Twitch. Uh, my name is Rebecca Faye. You can find me online at Rebecca Faye. It's very easy. Olivia, where can they find you? You can find me at LiveJQ on Twitter. Tyler, where can they find you? You can find me in cyberspace at World Jumpin'. Yeehaw, cyberpunk cowboys. Yeehaw. Thanks for listening to Greetings From. Our intro and outro music is an edited version of Deep Fried Space Food by Substitute Sandwiches. You can find a link to the song in the podcast description. You can listen to more episodes at greetingsfrom.zone. We are also on Twitter and Twitch at greetingsfrompc, and on Facebook at greetingsfromcast. Please leave us a review with your thoughts on iTunes or Google Play. It really helps us. Be a space cowboy. Cowboy.